I'm Farah Dijanet of Farah Dijanet Whole Horsemanship in Central Massachusetts in the USA. And this is another episode of my podcast where I'll help you liberate your horsemanship. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? It's Farah and the four-legged Ohana crew. Um, it's fall. We're going into winter. We just celebrated Halloween. Um, I gotta confess, that's my favorite holiday. Um, actually, I have all kinds of interesting plans for next year. But um, it's my favorite holiday. Samhain, whatever you're celebrating. Um, maybe you're not celebrating it at all, but uh, it's really fun. Uh, we had a big bonfire here. It was cool. People dressed up. I was a headless hockey player, and um, if you watch Letter Kenny, I was a headless character from there. So, shout out to all the Letter Kenny fans over there. If not, check it out. It's really funny. It's one of my favorite shows. But anyway, that drove my my costume this year. Uh, it was the most amazing fall I can ever remember. The foliage has been outrageous. Like, not just beautiful, but outrageously beautiful. Like, distractingly beautiful driving down the road. Wow. But the leaves are all gone now. I just want to say shout out to Mother Nature on this fall. You really outdid yourself. And gratitude, Mother Nature is the most amazing artist. So, any of you guys who enjoyed the fall here? Some places in the world, it's not fall. I see you guys. I see you guys who are not in fall right now. On the other side uh, of the planet. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a beautiful fall. We did our beach ride. That was awesome. And I just started the Zoopharmacography class, and I did that with Indy. Um, if you're following along with that, uh, I hope you're learning a lot about your horse's health, and you're learning about uh, what your horse can actually tell you by what they're selecting, whether it's whole foods or native uh, plants or it's uh, herbs that you're offering all of those things Um, that is one of the flagship things that uh, we do here at Ohana and uh, I did my first session with Indy and it was really interesting because there was a very clear pattern of things that he was selecting and he was selecting things that were just um, not tasty and I pointed out, there is a short clip on um, my Facebook page, uh, on the Fardigenet Horsemanship page, but um, he really is a chow hound, and people always say to me, oh, my horse will eat anything. Uh, Andy is a chow hound, capital chow hound, and I can tell you, he was very clear about what he was picking, and there was a clear pattern, and he took some really, really strong flavored things strong bitters that horses don't take unless they really want them and I do have uh, an idea 
of a pattern emerging, which I'm going to be talking about in the second class, which is at the end of the month, after everyone does a month of uh, offering things to their horses to see what see what they learn, what information they gather. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's been pretty interesting. It's always interesting learning about a horse through this, and also. Zoopharmacology is like a really, really amazing way to give to your horse. And the title of this podcast is Give and Take. And, you know, one of the things I love about Zoopharmacology is we can give things to our horses that they need, sometimes desperately, that they would not normally have access to. Whether that's fresh fruits and vegetables, um, herbs, uh, certain plants... And imagine what that does to your relationship when you can offer your horse something that they cannot have access to normally because they're not able to roam freely out in the wild browsing on all the good things that they would naturally pick for themselves to balance their health. So I see zoopharmacology not only as a way of helping my horse's well-being but also as a way to deeply bond with them, to provide them with these things. So, you know, uh, participating in this exercise can be an incredible connection building uh, practice. So, um, yeah, try that with your horse. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a little bit later some suggestions, but actually some popular ones that we all know about, but but uh, getting into that a little bit later. Um, The give and take. I feel like this is a really important topic because, you know, we we all, I feel like uh, the choir here, we all want to um, have an amazing bond with our horses. Hopefully one that isn't solely based on riding and training endeavors, but actually just on having an amazing relationship. One of the things I reflect on uh, lately is um, Maestro, particularly, because he's six now, and um, he's doing great. And, you know, he's in a paddock where I have to go by him all the time to get to other horses that I'm working with in training. And, you know, I raised him from a weanling, and when I always talk about hashtag the relationship is everything, I raised, Maestro is the first horse that I was able to raise fully at Ohana from a baby. And he is the, he is so, so like attuned to me in a way like it's like amazing. Um, I was able to raise uh, Mercury, you know, from a baby, but at the time I had to board him and I had him at different stables and he, we went to, he boarded in many different farms. So there was a lot of different variables and things that were going on and concessions I had to make because I was boarding him at a place where I had to, you know, fit into what the requirements were there. And, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't ideal, obviously. So I raised him doing the best I could uh, while having to board him at numerous uh, places throughout his his, uh, now 18 years, Mr. Merck, 18. Wow, he's a senior still full of it though still full on fire horse so um, getting back to my show but anyway one of the things 
Maestro's always, always looking for me. And I've never had a horse, even though Merck is my buddy and Merck is my heart horse. Um, and he loves attention and he loves me and I love him. But Maestro is always looking for me. Like, always, always looking for me. And wanting, volunteering, like he volunteers always. He's like, take me, take me always wants me it's hard for me to not take him I walk past him all the time and he's like no take me so that relationship is is pretty special and and I showed showed myself that that a horse raised that way would be you know so so attuned to we'd become so attuned to each other and it's really really special and um and I'm allowed to continue that now I'm continuing that with Indy now that he's at the farm but the give and take is really important. Looking at the ratios of give and take in our relationships with our horses, and if we're 100% honest with ourselves, we mostly take from horses. We mostly take the things that they they need, they want, they desire. We control a lot of things in their life. And you know, when we look at a domestic horse, Obviously, there's a lot of things we have to do because now the horse is fully dependent on us. But in keeping a horse, you know, um, thinking about what horses really like, what they really enjoy, what their basic, you know, natural needs are, which are, you know, eating, socializing, procreating. Uh, We take away the procreating in most cases. Uh, We take away the socializing in a lot of cases and the eating depending on where a horse is kept can be very um, good for the horses or it can be very stressful for the horses if they're not allowed free choice hay or they're not allowed to have um, you know all the food they can eat throughout the day in terms of you know self-regulating um, you know, so we, even the eating part, we control a lot and isn't always for the horse's best best interest. You know, what they're getting fed, sometimes detrimental to their, their hoof health and their gut health. So, um, you know, when I look at how much can I give, and, you know, I'm always looking to give back to my horse, give back to the horse as much as I can because I feel like that we do take a lot from them. And then we ask for performance. And sometimes you ask for competitive performance. So, um, you know, when we're thinking about it, when you're interacting with your horse, I want you to think about those things. You know, are you giving to your horse or are you taking? And obviously, if you have a horse, you're going to want to do some things with them. Uh, You obviously enjoy, you know, some people don't ride at all, but just enjoy certain activities with their horses, ground activities, or just companionship, and some people really have some performance goals, but always keep in mind, you know, what are you giving and what are you taking? So giving is about what the horses really want, not what we think they want, and it's not always what we, we want for them. So, um, you know, that means giving horses companionship, giving them freedom to move, you know, um, 
you know, making sure that they have optimal diets, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, these are things horses want and desire. So horses that live in domestic conditions, a lot is taken from them. And so how we care for them, giving them as close to a natural experience is, you know, as much as optimal as giving to the horse. So, um, and obviously I know some people are just not in that position. You know, you may be in a more traditional boarding facility, but there's ways to give to your horse in those situations that can help, you know, your horse's well-being and build your relationship. But just keep in mind, you know, in your mind, ask yourself, am I giving to my horse right now or am I taking? And try to keep that balanced, if not a little bit erring on the side to giving to your horse, you know, um, I mentioned, uh, recently that, you know, if I'm doing my training work and I see a horse laying in the paddock napping and they're kind of the next one on my list, I will always go back to that horse later because I want to let them have their nap and far be it for me to interrupt their nap for some training work. So, that's a giving thing right there. That's giving that horse his rest time that he's he's having there. Uh, Maestro is a highly playful horse. Mercury's a highly playful horse. I like to give them playtime. They love playing with the big balls. You know, there's some days where I just take them into the arena and we just play ball. We just have fun just playing. It's not really a training thing. So... You know, these are the things that uh, you may find, you know, you might take days where you do that stuff with your horse. What does your horse really like to do? Make a little list of the things your horse really likes, really likes. Not things you think they like, but things you know they like, which is usually grazing, um, maybe doing zoopharmacognancy, you know, playing ball, whatever that might be. Napping, loafing in the field, getting groomed with your hands. Not being groomed like they're you're cleaning them, but massaging them, doing body work on them, you know, doing um, things that are really feel good to them. Those are giving things. Anyway, those are just some ideas. But just always keep that in mind when you're working with your horse. Uh, I always say less is more with training, you know, if my horse gives me, uh, uh, you know, a lot, then I try to take a little and then be happy with less. So next time we go in, they know that I'm not going to ask for more than they can give. And if anything, I'll probably ask for a little bit less so that they have something left for next time. They don't leave the ring sore and tired. So always think, I always feel like less is more with training. So... Um, I just also started the Articulate Rider course, and uh, you may have heard that I swapped out Indy for Maestro because I had planned to go from my progression relationship to Liberty Fundamentals to in-hand groundwork to Articulate Writing, and I had fully planned to do that with Indy, and then... Um, I 
started playing around at Liberty with getting consent from Indy. You know, I like to try to get consent to, to ride. And I did not feel when I did my gut check that this was appropriate. Um, you know, he wasn't communicating that he wanted it and, and I was just feeling like it wasn't the right thing. And it had nothing to do with his behavior being, you know, difficult or anything like that. It was just a clear, like, no, I don't want to do that right now. And so, because I'm really enjoying our ground relationship, I know he has been ridden, I know he can be ridden, but how he feels about our first ride is really important to me. So, I'm showing him a whole new kind of approach, which he's not used to probably, which is, yeah, you can say no. And I've built a lot of things around our relationship with Indy since he came on the no. And um, our relationship is really actually cool and fun, and I feel like he feels uh, understood, and um, he is... I can tell kind of questioning like what is this you know strange way that I'm being treated since he's been here but I'm you know letting him know that this is how how we work here so I'm having fun with the ground relationship and I feel like you know he's trusting me more and more and I have some interesting goals with him so I've decided to slow down what I'm doing with him and stay stay in this space right now and just follow my gut on it and follow my feel on that. And uh, in the articulate writing class, I am starting to teach how we apply the IVAE, which is all of that. Um, talking about gut checking, um, intention, visualization, affirmation, and entrainment. This can be applied to all types of exercises with horses or just being in relationship with them. So um, what I like to do is sort of decide where I want to apply this. It's kind of a superpower. I like to call these things superpowers. You can apply it when you're just sitting with your horse and you can apply it. It's really amazing. Like this class, I really wanted to showcase how astoundingly magical it is to do it with your mounted work. So uh, Maestro and I are working with this now together and uh, he volunteered because he said he was feeling left out since Indy was getting a lot of classes lately. So um, the IVAE started to develop that so that I could remember it myself and then it became really easy to remember because that's what happens when you do that. Intention, visualization, affirmation, and entrainment. It means that before you do something, you have a clear intention. And when you set an intention, then you can visualize. Your brain starts to visualize it, which is really cool. And then, um, as I explained in the articulate writing class recently... Then the affirmation has to come in because um, who here has a voice in their head that says, oh, I can't do that, or my horse can't do that, or I'm not good enough, or I can't, or it's not perfect enough. And 
So the affirmation comes in when your brain starts to bully you and with all this negative self-talk. And that's really important, so that's why that's the third thing. So whatever comes in your head, you have to flip that thing into a positive thing. Whatever it is, make up your own, even if it's just, I'm a good horseman, you know, it can be that broad. I can do this, we can do this, me and my horse can do this. So what happens when we shift that energy is you then align physically, mentally and physically, mind-body, because of the intention and visualization. And so an exercise you can work on is playing around with this, is um, just think about the intention being a broad thing and then a detailed thing. So, for example, I just posted a, a short video of this too on YouTube. The broad thing would be, you know, like, I, I would like to have, you know, my intention is to have fun with my horse today. You know, no pressure, whatever it is. Be more patient, something like that. That's a broad thing. And then a detailed thing would be like, I would like to work on, um, you know, working on uh, maybe doing a leg yield. So, uh, and then the affirmation would be, um, my leg yields are improving, we're getting better at them, um, you know, this is becoming, I'm becoming more confident in my leg yields, all of that stuff. And when that happens, then your body and brain starts to send the message to the muscles and before you even know you're doing it the horse is picking up on that message and what it does is it creates what I call clean thinking and mind-body alignment and attunement because once you have that then your horse will instantly pick up on what you're trying to ask for so it's so um amazing that I started trying it on horses that I didn't know purposefully and horses that I'd never worked with as usual because I have to experiment and see if this is just something about my horses that are so attuned to me or I can do this on anybody's horse and the answer is yes. I got on horses that I hadn't worked with before, I didn't handwork, all of these things and got the same result by using this. So if you want to play around with it have fun let me know your results um it's really cool and i'm actually it's actually really fun to work with and it really helps you stay positive connected to your horse and attuned to how responsive your horse is going to be when you do this now one of the things that i find um, interesting to teach people is um some riding instruction is very much about taking uh, the rider inward so inward means that they they're only thinking about how they're riding so they're like you know are my hands good are my is my position good all of this stuff now think about that you all know what i'm saying as i say this you're sitting on your horse and the instructor is saying you know fix this fix that you know fix your left hand so that's what you're thinking about the whole time you're doing your lesson. And not once are you thinking, how's my horse going? What is it? How's this affecting my horse? So 
you know, and maybe you had the good fortune to work with someone who doesn't teach like that. I like to teach course listening, cause and effect, and what are you doing and how's it impacting your horse. And that's the only way to attain real harmony. Because if you're just up there sitting about sitting thinking about how well you're using your position, you are not thinking about how you're impacting your horse or how your horse is feeling underneath you. So you have to be able to go back and forth. And that's what the IVAE helps you with. So that particular exercise I'm teaching now, and tomorrow is actually uh, the second class. The first class is unmounted, and the second class is actually going to be mounted. And I got some really nice feedback from participants. It's actually really uh, happy about that, and that they actually had some good results already just doing, using the off-horse exercises. So, cool. That's cool. And so, um, you know, this particular um, way of working is is just really, really going to help you with your sensitivity and your ability to communicate with much subtler uh, tools. Uh, communication, um, you'll be able to ride with very little, very little physical cue. And I'm not going to say that all the time, but the more you practice it, the more attuned your horses will get. um, If your horse does something unexpected, you know, you may have to actually do things. But um, it's just a really nice practice, and it's very meditative as well. So I'll be interested to hear people's uh, feedback on this. I'm actually teaching young kids here to do this, and um, they're enjoying it too, so it's pretty cool to see these principles being put in the young horsemen here, the future horsemen of the world. So, um, yeah, with that, I wanted to actually give you guys another little, uh, the SOH, Solo Horsemanship Exercises. I've been teaching those this year for the first time. They're sort of new exercises, but um, here's one that's a little tip for you, something you can play around with. And they're just little nuggets. So, nonverbal communication, energetics, you know, how you, what are you bringing to your horse? So, the exercise is, is first you visualize something, then you notice anything that comes up when you visualize that feel it when it comes up and then notice how it influences your movements and actions and this is a great way to integrate emotional intelligence which means paying attention all the time to how you feel when you're doing things and then using that to process and become more authentic and clear in your actions in your energy in your mind So, I'm just going to go through that again. Visualize something. Notice anything that comes up. Feel it. Sense it. Then notice how it influences your movements and actions without judgment. Just notice. So that's the exercise. Let me know how it goes. Remember, when you're doing these things, you can also document. um, You can write it down on your notes. I love using notes on my phone, you know, when I have ideas or I want to remember something or a feeling, 
yeah, make a little journal about these things. So that is a solo horsemanship exercise you can play around with. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about, <laughs> apples and carrots. I want to talk about apples and carrots today. Why did I want to talk about apples and carrots? Because it's such a popular treat for horses. And um, a while ago, I don't remember where I was reading it, but there was an article I saw somewhere about old sort of farm remedies or farmer remedies. And it was pretty interesting to see, like, you know, obviously back in the day, people were more attuned to touch with herbs and things. But, um, yeah, a lot of these things were fed for reasons. So I'm going to go to Chinese medicine thing because um, that's pretty interesting why horses actually um, like apples and carrots. But the whole thing I've noticed here is that now that we you know, do a lot of zoopharmacocracy is that I have several horses here that don't really select apples and I have some that don't select carrots sometimes. So it's very clear that there's some that are strongly into apples and some that are strongly into carrots. But anyway, interestingly enough, carrots are good for respiratory uh, things and digestion and um, also are for spleen and stomach, uh, you know, uh, strengthening the spleen and stomach. And since horses are prone to digestive issues a lot of times, ulcers, aka ulcers, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they would seek out those foods. And apples also have an impact on digestion and spleen. And, um, you know, these things, uh, apples are also detoxifiers. And pectin is great uh, for, uh, it's a, it's a great, um, you know, a supplement. So the thing, the reason that horses seek these things out and we feed them, you know, when you think about them, is yeah, they are good, and you know, the old saying, an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Well, these things help your horses too. So the thing about the Chinese aspect, and I thought it was interesting that both of those foods are um, st- uh, stomach and spleen, and uh, one has a little bit air towards the lung and respiratory as well, the carrot. So, not surprising in, from where I sit horses who often have digestive disruption and disturbances would enjoy those foods and would select them. So, um, if you want to give your horses apples and carrots, don't just think of them as treats. Think of them as not only uh, Chinese medicine benefits, but also there are nutrients in those foods that are uh, also beneficial for your horses that they're not going to get from processed feed especially if they're not um, having access to any type of fresh or live food. So remember that whole raw foods possess enzymes and nutrients as well, vitamins and minerals, though a lot of times not as much as they used to. And um, remember to look at food, when you look at food from the Western and Eastern perspective, for example, if you're a barefoot person, you know, everybody's petrified of carbohydrates and sugars. But if you look at the food from a Western and healing standpoint or healing with whole foods, it's a little bit different. So 
sure, you don't want to give your horse a whole bag of apples or a whole bag of carrots because of the sugars, but um, you have to sometimes look at both sides and not just go, oh, it's just a carb and, and a nutrient. And that I feel that some of these diets are very extreme, and so your horse may be lacking certain nutrients um, if we just get too extreme on one thing, even if they're being supplemented with um, certain foods. Um, there's certain things that only raw and whole foods are going to provide. So um, I'm looking forward to the class tomorrow. And um, it just went from 70 degrees to uh, about 50. And I hear rumors that it's going to get below freezing now all of a sudden after being 70 degrees. So there you go. Crazy New England swinging weather as per usual. But I'm ready for it. Horses are ready for it. They got their woolly coats. And hopefully it won't be a lot of heavy snow this year. But I'm okay with the cold. I can handle the cold. There's not a lot of snow, please. And uh, hopefully not really, really cold temperatures. So, um, yeah. I think uh, that's about it. Uh, we'll be moving into the new year. Uh, I'll probably be offering my next class in uh, February. And I have some things in mind, but we'll see how the articulate writing one goes, whether I build on that to a more advanced one. Those are the potential. Uh, doing a more advanced writing one uh, or going into more advanced groundwork. So give me some feedback. Let me know what kind of uh, classes you want to see. Um, I'm just building up from the um, sort of uh, beginner level on a lot of these things and then moving into the more uh, intermediate to advanced levels. So um, until then, uh, happy holidays coming up to y'all. And um, yeah, we're getting into that time of year where it's gonna be busy uh, with all that kind of stuff. And um, gratitude, the time of gratitude. I prefer to think of it as time of gratitude. Indigenous Peoples Day, and celebrating that. So, um, yeah, I uh, will talk to you guys soon and uh, enjoy. Find out more about Faradijanet whole horsemanship at fdhorsemanship.com, YouTube. Faradijanet Horsemanship on Facebook, at FD Horsemanship on Instagram, at FD Horsemanship on Twitter, and also you can join my membership site at FDHorsemanship.com where you can have access to virtual coaching, my online mentor program, and also many, many videos plus videos for sale on cold starting and many exercises that I teach.